Hello, and welcome to the Vinyl Four. I'm Christian. I'm Randy. Oh, Randy, how are you doing this week, my friend? Good, man. Same old. Yeah. Um, I I know we talked last week about not doing it, but uh, this is the show where two friends talk to each other about records that they own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. This is the show where two friends talk about. Well, today these are records I own. Sure. Yeah, you don't yeah. own a single one of these, I don't think. No. The next episode, though. Right. I think it's going to be a mixture. Yeah. It's going to be a mix, a good mix. I got to. We'll, we'll figure that out at the end. Oh, Randy, what was this week like for you? Anything crazy go on? Uh, not really. Work has just been uh, getting busier. Um, you should quit. I should. Yeah. yeah. And then just not... Not have a job. This yeah. is your job now. Just not have money. It's cool. Yeah. I support quitting. Sure. Everything? It's a fine line, I think. Yeah. Do I often want to quit everything? Yes. You've quit caffeine. You've quit alcohol. I have. Okay. Yeah. Those are. Yeah. That's good. Well. Okay. I did learn. I do have diet coke, and apparently that's got a good amount of caffeine. Okay. In it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I that, but that is why I prefer my CFDC. True. Yeah. Uh, but diet coke, I believe, has a decent amount of caffeine. So I am lying. <laughs> sure. In a sense, I just don't drink caffeinated coffee or energy drinks. That's fair. Yeah. I was never an energy drink guy and uh, I was a coffee guy. So that was just a shift to let me get the flavor rather than the buzz. Yeah. I did have a cigar for the first time in a really long time this past Labor Day weekend. Nice. How was that? It was this past Labor Day weekend. This is going to come out well after Labor Day, but yeah. uh, it was good. I still have like half of it. To, it was a big cigar. It was yeah. a cigar, so it was long. And I didn't want to get sick because I'm a dainty <laughs> little lad these days. Sure, same. Uh, but it, I really was like, oh, fuck, I might get a cigar every once in a while. <laughs> nice. It was nice. I didn't get queasy. I got that little head rush that you get, and uh, it was nice. Sat by the pool, smoked a cigar <laughs> at my mom's house. Hell yeah. It was great. Uh, that's the most exciting thing that I think has happened. We had our record release show. True. In this time, right? Did we talk about it on the we podcast did. last yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. We, we did, did last time. All right. Well, then never mind. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> it, was good <laughs> it was fun still. Yeah. We talked to about it. Oh, yeah. That's why that's on my mind. Because up at the top, before we dive into the records, we talked about Torah last time. And I feel like I was in a bummer mood. And it made it. Really? I haven't listened back. Uh, obviously, because you haven't had the episode, it it's yet, yeah. not out. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, but in my, in my cyclical recollection of things, as my mind likes to do sure. on being like, what did you say? Let me think about it forever. I feel I came across like complainy or like I didn't have a very good time. <laughs> uh, but it was, I was exhausted from it and it was, yeah. it, I was, it's, Truly a learning experience. And sure. that shit with my tongue was really, uh, yeah, yeah. really bothering me. And it was clouding and uh, tainting my view of performing because it was really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so thinking back on it, I had a great time on tour. It was, it was a good yeah. time. 
Uh, so I just wanted to say that up front, that if I came across any type of way, it was due to my fat ass tongue <laughs> and it was annoying. Yeah. Well, you know, bugging me. Uh, I think that also kind of speaks to how people that maybe have not played music think that like going on tour is like this crazy, super fun yeah, experience. Crazy wild, party experience. But, uh, there's a whole lot of doing nothing, uh, it's mostly on tours nothing. and a lot of driving. He had. I think he had pretty chill drives. Mostly. Sort of northeast. Mostly. Southeast. But, uh, Long drives sometimes, but mostly chill, thankfully. And in the summer, so no like crazy weather, which yeah. was nice. We actually didn't get like rained on crazy hard at all, which we were surprised about. That's good. It yeah. rained a couple times, but it wasn't like anything devastating. Yeah. Um, just wanted to say that. That was on my mind all fucking week, because <laughs> that's what happens when you sure have... Fine whatever i have so uh, i went to therapy for the first time since last march oh nice today cool this morning uh, it was pretty good hell yeah yeah but that's also why i was reflecting on that as well yes yeah. i did mention like I, I realized the album came out i got married started a podcast a lot has happened since the last time i saw my therapist oh, okay so it's oh, like yeah, shit yeah. damn we got to we got some things to catch up on nice so yeah, hope that goes well. Uh, yeah, we'll fucking see. I like the guy, so I think it'll be fine. I'm just in a mood, I guess, <laughs> about all my brain. I, the pill, man, that made my tongue fatty. It really made me be like, fuck, man, I'm trying here. And it's <laughs> fucking with me. It really bothered me. Anyway, as we ended last episode with, as we do all episodes, we're here to talk about five albums. And we're going to kick things off. With Daniel Bachman's 2016 self-titled album, released via three-lobed recordings. Uh, Randy, were you familiar with Daniel Bachman at all prior to this? No, not at all. Um, he is, for those unaware, he is a primitivist. Prim- I think that's how you say it. Guitarist. Yeah, I saw that too, yeah. Uh, which, I guess Bill Orcutt has been described that way as well. In, okay. At times, yeah, yeah. Um, William Tyler, very different lanes, Bill Orca and, and Daniel Bachman and William Tyler and stuff. Yeah. I was thinking of him, though, a little bit while listening to some of these. Bill Orca? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's a similar, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Intrigue and curiosity to the guitar yeah. that like Bill Orca and Daniel Bachman have. Um, very much what can you accomplish? with the guitar, with found sounds, with things like that. Um, so from the top, how'd you feel about this album? Good. It's uh, probably my, yeah, my favorite album of the week um, so far. It's probably. the one I listen to uh, the most out of all of them consistently. Same. Probably the one that I would listen to again and then also listen to more of his stuff. It's a great early morning album. Yeah. It's a great, like, you're up at 5.30 and just need to put something on while you start your day. Yeah, it's uh, it's intimate. It feels kind of improvised, maybe not as much as, like, some of the Orcut stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, I had it on uh, just this morning, too, while I, for the second time while I was just doing work and stuff, and it's... Uh, it's very meditative. Yeah. It's quiet. Uh, there is, my, my standout track on it is called Wine and Peanuts. Um, and that's mainly because it's the one that kind of mixes things up the most. Yeah. Um, and that's the third track. Uh, 
that's the one that gets stuck in my head because there's like a real good rhythm to it. It's kind of the one, or at least one of the first ones that's a little more like bluesy. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, a lot of them are sleepier. Uh, a little, I don't want to say droney. I think he gets more. First one's kind of droney. It's not that weird. It's sort of like, it feels like it's like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a, like a, like a bow or an Ebo or something. Kind of like droney sort of background stuff. And then he gets into the guitar stuff too. There's, I think there's only two instruments on this album or three. There's a guitar, a, uh, uh, box. S H R U T I, never heard of it. And a uh, uh, octatone. Huh. That's it. Shruti box looks cool. I don't know what they are, but uh, they have them on Amazon. Should I buy one? <laughs> For our post punk band. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm getting into post punk, y'all. Kinda. I guess. I'm just getting more into the bands I've already liked, and I'm trying to stem off now. Sure. From yeah, yeah. from there. I'm just obsessed with Poison Ruin. Nice. That's what's going on, is I'm really fucking obsessed with that band. But we're talking about Daniel Bachman. I am looking at this Shruti box, though, and it's <laughs> weird looking. Is it like an accordion? Kind of. kind of like it, yeah. It looks like a game. <laughs> it does. <kind laughs> <of>. <laughs> it's super weird. Yeah, it's interesting. I've never, I don't, yeah, didn't think to look that up prior to this. Of the album, this is his, he's released a lot of music. Uh, prior to this, he had a project called Sacred Harp, and he released two albums with that, and this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. This is his 11th solo album. Damn. And he has uh, five since this one. Crazy. Boy, don't stop. I think he's a year younger than me. He is. Like he was born in '89. He was born in '89. Yeah, that's a very prolific. Yeah, it's insane. He works. He's worked with uh, Riley Walker. Are you familiar with him? No. He is a guitarist as well. Who? I mean, he sings and stuff. I'm not super familiar with his work, but he has a few albums that I've enjoyed. Um, he is kind of jammy. A cool. little bit, but in a not in a fish way. Not in a fish way, but kind of in a Dave Matthews way. <laughs> okay, which I can get behind. He did cover an entire Dave Matthews album. I would probably listen to DMB over Fish. I would one hundred percent. Dave Matthews has some fucking hits, man. Sure. Yeah. There's nothing in the collection, so spoiler alert: I am pro Dave Matthews. My wife is not. And it bothers me. And then she takes every chance she gets to call, say that the band Wild Pink sounds like Dave Matthews Band, which (laughs) they don't. It's not even close. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, um, this album's tough for me to talk about because I didn't know the song titles until today. And I've probably listened to this thing like 50 times uh, or until I sat down with the album. I didn't know the song titles. So it's hard for me to like, break it down because I listened to it so uh, passively passively kind of? that's yeah. the word I'm looking for uh, this time I tried to clue in more to it um, 
but I, I did find myself just doing things while it was playing, which is kind of what I buy this music for. I buy records like this for yeah. that, to be able to have that quiet morning where I'm more focused on my thoughts rather than the music that's happening. The music is aiding whatever's going on. For sure, yeah. Um, but this is one that I go to quite a bit for that. I actually got this at Eloguru. Nice. Um, I see they're having another sale this weekend. I might try to stop by. Oh, shit, are they? Yeah, looks like they were set up outside, too, so. They might, they might have some good stuff. But <laughs> they might have some good stuff. Uh... I mean, if you go tomorrow or something, <laughs> sure, I might, I might be able to tag along. I am busy Sunday. That's the fest, but same usually. Uh, yeah, yeah, you do, you do other shit, but yeah, if you go tomorrow, I might be able to be able yeah. to hang out. Um, making plans with your friends in real time, baby. Uh, is there a specific standout track for you from this? I purposely picked wine and peanuts because it caught my ear this time, but I was planning on just not picking one. <laughs> Yeah, uh, The Flower Tree, which is the second song, is really good. And yeah. then I like both of the Bright Light Blues, mm-hmm. uh, one and two, one, which is the droning one that starts the album. And then the fifth song, which is Bright, Le- Bright Leaf Blues 2, is also has that similar motif of the droning thing. And it's also like 14 minutes long. I was going to say that one goes long. But uh, it, it's another good, really meditative one that you can kind of get lost in. And it's uh, it's cool. I'm only familiar with one of his other albums, um, A Hawken, I think is how you pronounce it, um, A-X-A-C-A-N. Uh, and that was actually the album that introduced me to him. I bought this album blind. Oh, cool. Uh, just because I knew his name and it was cheap at Elaguru. Um, ended up really liking it, but it's quite a bit, I don't, I don't want to say quite a bit, but it's different from A Hawken because that one is much more of the found sounds capturing oh. soundscapes yeah. uh, than like it leans more on that with minimal guitar. If I remember correctly, it's been a minute since I've listened to it, but huh. uh, he is somebody that I kind of just trust that I'm going to like what he puts out. I, this is the type of instrumental shit that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, and kind of can't get enough of. So good um, stuff. Yeah, really enjoy it. Uh, recommend Daniel Bachman's self-titled album. Uh, I did want to read a funny blurb. There's quite a long, not super long, it's like six, seven paragraphs, uh, write-up on their band camp by someone named James Toth, um, who I think I've read some stuff by him before, but could be talking out my ass. Uh, with the self-titled album, the guitarist has made his most cohesive statement yet an album by which future solo acoustic guitar albums by grown-ass men and women can and should be judged. Think of it not as Bachman's Citizen Kane, but as his mean streets. In other words, just you wait. Hell yeah. So I want to go and listen to The Morning Star, which followed this album, and see what the just you wait was. What's the taxi driver? For real? Yeah. So I'm curious. Uh, he is somebody I've been meaning to do more of a deep dive on. This um, listen just kind of reaffirms that. I got I to gotta get more into his catalog. Now we are going 10 years in a time machine back from 2016 to 2006's Band of Horses album, Everything All the Time. Randy, were you 
you you were familiar with Band of Horses, I assume. Yeah, they have some uh, singles. I was going to say hits, but uh, I may or may not like them. So they have some singles that I've definitely heard before that I think I forgot were from Band of Horses. But once I started listening to them, I was like, oh, of course, this is, this they, is who this is. They have some of them sneaky hits that yeah. you don't realize are massive fucking songs. Huge songs, yeah. Um. This album, I have very nostalgic feelings with. Sure. Uh, both, but mostly everything all the time. Um, released via Sub Pop in 2006. It was produced by Phil Eck. Does that name ring a bell? No. It should, because this man is responsible for producing... Oh, let's just say Built to Spill's perfect from now on. Keep it like a secret. Modest Mouse's The Lonesome Crowded West and The Moon in Antarctica, as nice. well as The Shins, Unwound, Pretty Girls Make Graves. He produced David Cross's Shut Up, You Fucking Baby. Hell yeah. Fleet Foxes, The Dodos, The Walkman, Father John Misty. Uh, he's produced some of indie rock's most pivotal albums. Cool. And he did the two Band of Horses albums we're going to be talking about today. Um, my first impression of re-listening to this, because it's been a minute, I realized I stopped listening to this album because it made me sad. Because of the nostalgia and the connections of listening to this my senior year of high school while, like, breaking up with a girlfriend. Uh, okay, yeah. And being like, ah, like I don't like how that <laughs> makes me feel. Uh, it still kind of made me feel that way listening back, but what I really clued into were the lyrics this time around and how they're kind of nonsense, hmm. it felt. Or they're like really, they felt like word association-y. Sure. And I found a quote about the lyrics <clears throat> from our boy, uh, oh, what the fuck, Ben, what is his name? Ben B Big Bird? <laughs> Uh, Ben, uh, Brid, Bridwell, Birdwell. I don't know. I don't know. B R I D. Yeah. Birdwell. Birdwell. Yes. Bird, Birdwell. Brid, Bridwell. Bridwell? Yeah. I'm going to say Bridwell. I've never heard his name. This is a famous motherfucker. He did an album with iron and wine where they covered talking heads and shit. Huh? Yeah. Anyway, uh, he said of the lyrics of the album, a lot of these songs didn't really come from any lyric writing let alone any singing ability. A lot of the ways the words are sung were meant to hide or mask what's being said. But there are definitely words. I wrote them down on paper and everything. <laughs> so I kind of noticed that. Uh, it opens with the track, The First Song, and uh, right out the gate, that's my favorite song on the album. Okay, I was about to say the same too. Yeah, I love this fucking song. Yeah. I think the vocals work, the music works. It feels way more in line with like American football than the rest of the album. Yeah. It's uh, kind of like in a good way. It's kind of sparse in yeah. like instrumentation. It just yeah. feels like very like light. Yeah. It's so, but also huge Yeah, at the same time. Cause there's so much space in mm -hmm. it. Uh, I really love this song. It just, it's a heartstring tugger, even though lyrics are kind of nonsense a little bit <laughs> when you break them down. Um, I also really like wicked Jill. Cause I think the chorus of that song is really strong. 
Um, Our Swords is another great one, and I love the opening line of uh, uh, Out on the Wall Sounds of Banging is Constant Coming from Your Head, and Desperate the Calls Came and Ringing from Those Who Want to Ring Your Neck. Just think that's a really, really good opening to a track. Um, the funeral is the one that's like the huge one. Yeah. So you knew that one. I did. Yeah. Uh, not, not a fan. Not a fan. Not really. No. That was like my jam back in the day. Uh, it might be one of my least favorite on the album now. Hell yeah. Um, it feels so of a time. Yeah, I think that's part of it for me, especially since I have no nostalgia for this band. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just wasn't. It feels really dated on this listen. Uh, and honestly, I have an, I have a weird association with the song of, are you familiar at all with the MTV television program from back in the day, My Life as Liz? <laughs> no. <laughs> so it was like a fake reality show following this girl in high school presented as real but it was clearly very scripted yeah uh and she is like working herself up to like i I don't really remember (laughs) i think she's trying to get a boy while also prove that she can sing in this talent show (laughs) and she sings the funeral by band of horses that's funny uh yeah, huh. I don't know. I just, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, my life is Liz. Uh, it's it's it was a show, so you can look it up. Yeah, I, I believe it. Yeah, well, don't believe everything you hear. Uh, Saint Augustine is a solid ending, but it honestly just made me really want to listen to the song Saint Augustine by Blood Orange, which we will be getting to oh, cool. in a couple of weeks. Um, I oh, liked the song Weed Party. That's okay too. I did. I like that song too. Yeah. I. Uh, it's just literally lyrically it seems to be about getting too stoned at a weed party. <laughs> nice. It's funny. Um, yeah, I enjoy this album. I don't love it. Uh, I think I like cease to begin more, which we're about to get into. Um, but not one I would get rid of. Uh, it's got enough nostalgic value for me. Uh, these are also really old records in my collection. I got them like around when they came out. Oh, nice. Um, close to couple original years. pressing. Yeah, a couple years after, because uh, these are 2006, 2007, respectively, and uh, I definitely probably bought them around like 09, 2010. Nice. Um, they yeah. worth anything? I don't think so. <laughs> I the these type of records I think got pressed so many times. Sure. Um, and like I said, uh, the next record is Cease to Begin, which was their follow up. Uh, the entire band quit on old uh, Ben Big Bird and uh, <laughs> Bridwell. And uh, he got a whole new band for this. Uh, I don't think you can, I don't want to say you can tell. It's just this album has a different feel to it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I personally like that feel. I think they are very good at opening a record. I think Is There a Ghost is a great opener. Yeah. Um that's one of the big songs too, right? At least I, I think, remembered it. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh when I lived alone, there was uh it's the infectious. Um read the lyrics on this album stood out to me way more than the first one. Huh. Uh I feel they're stronger. 
Um, and in an interview with NME about Is There a Ghost, he said, I suffer from paranoia really badly. And the thing that inspires me most is once I get into that horrible isolated area, I think I'm being watched. I've written songs that are based specifically on that feeling. Is There a Ghost was based on an ice maker in my house that was freaking me out. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, I also really dug Ode to LRC because I think it's a really solid like story song. Um, and LRC is uh, Little Red Caboose. Uh, and it's this place you can go to and it has like a log book. And huh. it was about him traveling there. And apparently it was like this kind of haven for uh, weary travelers who needed to get away from everything or go die or whatever. So the song huh. is pretty much what he read in that log book. So I thought that was interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, no one's going to love you is the big, 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 big one. Oh uh, yeah. From the album. Um, infectious track. I, I, I enjoy that for it, for that being the size of the funeral. I think it's better. Um, and I like a play on no one's going to love you, but it's no one's going to love you more than I do. So it's like a sweet, sentiment but also i've always kind of had a problem with that sentiment because it's like listen mother hecker that's like you're never going to find someone as good as me and i don't like that mentality <laughs> i don't like it that feels controlly but that's yeah. my own shit there's something about their singles that sound too clean clean too yep. nice there's no edge jerry there <laughs> yeah i can yeah i agree that's fair yeah. uh i would say my potential standout track is a tie and it's uh with debtless shrimp yeah that's gonna be one of mine too and the general specific i really enjoy uh window those blues. are the exact same two songs that i marked yeah those are the best ones on the album uh debtless shrimp debtless shrimp is uh oh they have yeah the eyes can't look at you any other way oh yeah that's so such a good line um if you didn't know, it's named after a German basketball player who yeah. was traded to a rival team. Okay. At the height of his powers. I knew he was a basketball player, yeah. and that was about it. Also because it was in a Parks and Rec episode, or he was. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I knew his name sounded familiar, and I was like, I don't watch basketball, so that couldn't be it. It's got to be yeah. Parks and Rec is why. Okay. Uh. The general uh, specific is uh, really solid. I think um, maybe that's my favorite. It's tough. It's between one of those two. Um, and like I said, Window Blues ends things well. I think they end and start their albums very well. Yeah. Uh, and then there's some filler in between. Um, again, same as everything all the time. I enjoy this album. Uh, I don't. It's just not my style these days, you know? Yeah. You know, man? Yeah. It's not my style. Even though I'm uh, more of an indie person yeah. listener than you are, uh, it isn't really my thing either, so. It's too know. clean. It is, yeah. I like a grunge, you know, a grunge. I feel you. Uh, I am curious about their most recent album. They um came back in 2021 maybe 2022 what year is it uh 2022 and apparently it's a good like return to form huh. uh because i guess they i dropped off them after um cease to begin 
So I don't really know Infinite Arms or like the five albums since at all. But by all accounts, they're pretty boring. Uh, but I guess their newer one is is good. Huh. Um, so that's Band of Horses. You J- cease to begin listening to them again after that album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something long, something like that. I'm just trying to put that sentence together in my head right now. Um, uh, band of Horses, huge band. If you don't know them, whatever. Uh, the next band, though, very small, tiny band. So small that I just have a single of this song. It's not mine. It's Hannah's. That's fine. (laughs) Would I own this? No. Would I get rid of it? Nah. There's no need to. Uh, It's the Bangles Walk Like an Egyptian 12-inch single from 1986. Hell yeah. My only note for this is the lyrics are insane. I didn't look into the lyrics, but uh, just, you know, based on the title, I was wondering if it's like mildly, I don't know, racist. It's, I don't. It's a decent song, though. It's catchy. Musically, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, same. Uh, That bass do be slapping. Yeah, I never listened to like maybe the back half of the song, too. And it gets like. It's a long song. It gets jammier towards the end, too, which I think I never knew. I'm curious, did you just listen to the one song? I did, yeah. I don't think I could find potentially three versions or whatever that I I saw you said. I have the 12 inch single, and it has the, it only has the extended dance mix. So that was five and a half minutes. Nice. Is like the main song that's extended. And then there is the dub mix, and then there is the vocal mix, which really quiets everything oh, cool. and yeah, is yeah. just the vocal uh and is like two and a half minutes long huh. um not necessary but i understand why because it's for djing yeah, and shit yeah. uh <laughs> crazy song <laughs> just a crazy song written by a man named liam sternberg uh he was inspired to create the song while on a ferry crossing the english channel Okay. When the vessel hit choppy water, passengers stepped carefully and moved their arms awkwardly while struggling to maintain their balance. And that reminded him of the depiction of human figures in ancient Egyptian tomb paintings. He wrote the words, this is all from fucking Wikipedia, by the way. He wrote the words, walk like an Egyptian in a notebook. Later, he looked back at that notebook and composing the melody with a guitar, he put together an up-tempo song with lyrics about Egyptian hieroglyphics, the Nile River, crocodiles, desert sand, bazaars, hookah pipes, and then segued into modern scenes of blonde waitresses, school kids, and police officers. Nice. So the lyrics to this song are <laughs> all the old paintings on the tomb they do the sand dance, don't you know? <laughs> if they move too quick, OAO, they're falling down like a domino. All the bizarre men, and not bizarre, it's like the place, yeah. the bizarre. All the bizarre men by the Nile, they got the money on a bet. Gold crocodiles, OAO, they snap their teeth on your cigarette. Foreign types with the hookah pipes say, Way oh way oh, way oh way oh way, walk like an Egyptian, and then it goes into blonde waitresses, uh, cops being at donut shops. 
I don't. Nice. It's truly a nonsense song. Weird. Truly a nonsense song. Absolutely insane song. <laughs> yeah. Truly unhinged. It's a nonsense song. It's a novelty song for sure. But yeah, like you said, the music goes. It does. It's a really catchy song. Don't hate it. Uh, it's cheesy as all hell. I don't. I was literally just sitting there going like, what the fuck? When I was reading the <laughs> lyrics as it was going on. Because they're not like offensive. They're just, it's nonsense. Yeah. We don't do novelty songs anymore, do we? Yeah, what would what would be the equivalent? Like, I mean, I think there are still, hmm, not like this. Yeah, not I, like this. But I would, I would put whatever like that sped up TikTok shit is like a novelty song. Sure. Yeah. Or whatever Machine Gun Kelly's pop punk type like that. It's, it doesn't. It's not real. It's not real. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. Like it's it's. Made by committee, not yeah. I don't know. The, I just sound like an old man. The only one that I can think of is uh, you know, a commentary on novelty songs from Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, the uh, please, uh, Mr. Kennedy, please, Mr. Kennedy. It's yeah, pretty good song. <laughs> that's a great one. Oh, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, that's a good one. Outside, like that, yeah, that is like a walk like an Egyptian, <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, fucking uh, La Tigre put out I'm With Her during the 2016 election. Oh, really? I'm calling that a fucking novelty (laughs) song. That shit was trash. Never heard it. Uh, It was a pro-Hillary song by fucking Riot Girls. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Uh, Do you have any more about Walk Like an Egyptian? Not really, but I... uh... I didn't, I enjoyed listening to it. It's a good song. I I would put it on, I feel like it's probably had to have been in movies or something before oh, too. Yeah. It's like, I don't it's know. It's been everywhere. It's I don't catchy. know how yeah. I know this song, but I just know this song. It's probably, yeah, just, you know, it was probably on the radio when we were kids and stuff too. Just I, My parents probably showed it to me because yeah. it was big for them. I mean, my sister was born in 89, so my parents were in their late, Jesus Christ, they were in their late teens in 86 because... They were in, they were like 21 when my sister was born. Yeah. Oh boy. Do you know uh, any other stuff by the Bengals? Is there anything else no. that is good? Yeah, I don't either. Actually, and I didn't listen to anything else. Me neither. What? I'm going to check on Spotify real quick and see what there's. This isn't even, oh wait. We know Manic Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's them, I guess. Um, But their top song is called Eternal Flame. And I don't know if I know it. Me neither. Probably. I would assume if it's that big. Anyway, whatever. Now we're jumping all the way back to 2011. Back up to 2011. And uh, I thought this wasn't streaming, but it is on Spotify. (laughs) It It is. Uh, But it's listed as untitled rather than self-titled. Um. So I'm assuming you did not get to this one. It's not on their band camp. It seems to only be on Spotify. I believe I found clips or certain songs from it on YouTube. Okay, that would make yeah. sense. I don't know why this record seems so elusive, mostly. Yeah. Uh, but it is... I really thought it wasn't on Spotify, but it is. Um, let me double check that it is listed as untitled. 
Yep, it's listed as untitled. Um, I had not listened to this in a really long time. This is 2011's untitled or self-titled Barghest. Uh, B-A-R-G-H-E-S-T. Released on uh, Gilead Media and Howling Mind. This is like a... It's black metal. I don't really know. I I read that it's also considered death metal, but I didn't get a lot of death metal out of this. It was mostly yeah. black metal. Um, decent production, not horrible production on it. Uh, it's got the tinny drums you're looking for, the echoey tinny snare, but yeah, uh, that's just part of the genre. Um, they have an instrumental track on here that reminded me of Poison Ruin, so I was very sold on that. Nice. Um, and the song was called Poison Meditation. So <laughs> there you go. Um, I think the B side of this record is a lot stronger than the A side. The A side's good, but it's just kind of like what it is. Uh, it ends on that instrumental track, though, I think. Uh, but the B side has uh, Pain of Days. And I think. No, I'm full of shit. The two tracks that I really like end the A side and start the B side. So. It's hellish, hellish entrancement into that instrumental track, Poison Meditation, and then Pain of Days. That three-track run is what I love. Um, very solid. I think this is a pretty good black metal record. I'm not super well-versed on it, mm-hmm. the genre, I mean. Um, so I can't really compare this to much. I will be seeing technically my first black metal band, I guess, uh, next month in... Uh, Mayhem is opening for Cannibal Corpse. Oh, okay. So, and Mayhem's like, oh, geez. Cool. Of shit. So, that should be interesting. Uh, Did you hear, toward the end of the album, there is a section where, in the background, there are gunshots and people screaming? No. That made me laugh. Uh, Either that was happening outside, or that (laughs) was was on the record. Um, But I thought that that choice to have that in there was uh, probably that goes hard. But to me, it was a little funny and yeah, it worked. It worked for the song, but I did, I did chuckle at it. Um, I don't have a, I don't have a ton to say. I couldn't find any lyrics. Um, I bought this for $8 at wax and facts. I had no idea what it was. I just knew it was going to be black metal because I could tell and it was, and it's pretty good. I don't love it. Don't hate it. Uh, I actually, Listening to it this time, I paid way more attention to stuff, and I think the vocals are really good. He does some like gutturals later in the album that are crazy that I yeah. didn't notice the first time. It's not just all that black metal shriek. I think that's why they get that death metal tag, is because he does do like the <laughs> stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. Pain of Days, Hellish Entrancement, uh, very strong tracks. Nice. They. Okay, they're from Louisiana? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're still going, I I believe, um, by all accounts. It's the website to use if you're curious about metal bands is metal the Metal Archives. Um, yeah, they are still active. They released an album in 2020 called Altars of Rot. Oh, cool. Good title. Um, this is their first full length, though is the one we are talking about. And they have, looks like a ton of splits and EPs, uh, but only three albums proper. And uh, I think this is a solid first album. According to uh, 
Metal Archives, their lyrical themes are hatred, death, and misanthropy. So spot on. Pretty good. Gilead uh, Media sounded familiar, but I'm looking at their band camp and I've only ever heard of one band on here, which is Kowloon Walled City. Oh yeah. Uh I think they have released I don't know if they quote unquote like sign everything that they like release. Because okay. Thou, I think, has released shit through them. Ah. And they just, I think they do some handshake deals. So they might not be listed on like a roster sure. deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, overall, Barghest is a cool underground record to check out if you're into that sort of thing. I will listen to it again. This I don't think I, there's nothing that I would get rid of this week, even though I don't love everything. Uh, Bengals is a fun novelty. Band of Horses are nostalgic. Barghest is cool when the mood strikes. And I listen to that Daniel Bachman record all the fucking time as it is. So nice. Um, and you said Daniel Bachman was your standout. Yeah. This I'd, time uh, around. I know he has like 20 albums or whatever, but, uh, yeah, definitely looking into a Hawken. I recommend. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll listen to that one next. That um, one's good. Uh, yeah, I've enjoyed having that on this morning. And then, like I said, Last week, the Bill Orcutt records, they're great. Just like that hairy pussy record, put on man. in the house while you're doing other things oh, too sometimes. I need to get Jump on it. I it's need to get his newest one. I love uh, the production on that album because it sounds like they literally just dropped the mic right here and you could hear him breathing. <sighs> and like, yeah, it's cool. He did that with the History of Everything, I think it's called, which is this is technically the sequel album to that. Oh, okay. Because um, this is also a bunch of covers. I say that loosely huh. because he's doing them. His They never sound like the actual song. So, because he did Black Betty on the other one. Oh, really? <laughs> and it sounds nothing like that. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah. God, we should just become a Bill Orcutt podcast. <laughs> I was thinking that uh, you brought him up before I did, but I was thinking, are we going to bring him up on like every show? <laughs> every episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, next episode, maybe not, because true. we are going to be talking about, I have four albums listed. What do you have here? Uh, I think. Because you have her listed under C's, but we'll move her up. Yeah. yeah. To just make that work. So I have three, but I think one of them is the same one that you have. So we're going to be doing one of your five albums. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. We'll just knock her out then. So Randy and I both own. Um, I can't read. What's the one I don't own? Sometimes. Sometimes I sit and think and sometimes I just sit. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about Courtney Barnett. And we are going to be discussing four of her albums. Right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct. But yeah, one of them so, yeah. is an album with Kurt Vile. Okay. That's yeah, why yeah. it's throwing me off. And I haven't really listened to that one. So. I've probably listened to that one the most. Cool. Um, so we are going to be doing the double EP, a sea of split peas. Uh, the album with Kurt Vile, Lot of Sea Lice. Uh, the album I just said by uh her Courtney Barnett solo. Sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit, as well as uh Tell Me How You Really Feel. It, sometimes I just sit and th is that her newest one? Or is I that, believe so. I think it is. Uh, spoiler, I guess for the next episode, but I am a 
a big fan, but I I feel like I kind of fell off on the last album. That's fair. Uh, we don't. Take, things take time. Take time is the newest one. Things take time. Take time. That is the newest one. Okay, and you you do have that. I'm yeah, so. Confused. So I guess it's five. What the hell? I don't know. Numbers I think, don't matter. I think you have two that I don't have. I think so. Yeah. So that's it. So we're going to be doing six albums. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. All right. So we're going to be doing the double EP, a sea of split peas, a lot of sea lice. Tell me how you really feel. Things take time, take time. And sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit as well as the self-titled Bayside album Nice <laughs> from 2013. At least that's when my pressing is from. Um, I fucking love that Bayside album. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm really excited to re-listen I, I to it. I basically am aware of them, but I, I'll probably recognize something once I listen to it. I couldn't give a shit about a single other thing by Bayside, but that really? album, for something about that album, I haven't listened to it in years. It could be dog shit, but I have such fond memories of it. I'm very excited to revisit it because I think I'm going to love it still. Maybe, nice. hopefully. I was a big I, uh, Victory Records head back in the day. So Tough label to love. Uh, they, But they, they put out good bands. Yeah. Just they, terrible business practices. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You don't know about Tony Victor? probably heard about it back in the day. That guy's been sued so many fucking times. Nice. Uh, yeah, he just stole. He just stole that sounds about right, all yeah. of his band's money. Uh, he's been sued by Hawthorne Heights, A Day to Remember. Uh, I know Between the Baird and Me had issues with him. Atreyu had issues with him. Atreyu yeah. released a greatest hits album after like three albums <laughs> in order to fulfill their contract with Victory. Huh. Yeah. Like, bands would do that, release greatest hits after two albums. Weird. Yeah, it was fucking... And it was and just like, like half... hardcore band having a greatest hits just is weird, too. It's yeah. super fucking weird, man. Like, and having a greatest hits not like a comp. Like, a comp makes sense of, like, unreleased or EPs yeah, or yeah. shit like that. But it's like, no, you just bought this album. Now we're releasing greatest hits that has three songs from the album you just bought. Weird. Yeah, it was very weird. I was, I was also very into Victory. I liked their... Um, the DVDs that they gave with their CDs that uh, yeah, like yeah. advertised. I was into Aiden. I liked that band. Okay. Uh, Darkest Hour. I did fuck with Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour was tight. Uh, Bayside, Atreyu. Uh, I think Hawthorne Heights. Yeah. Yeah. They're they they were. I just said that. Yeah. Um, Between the Baird and Me. Yeah. There was, there was, and like the, oh, there was like OG hardcore. Obviously. Ringworm. Yeah. Like. No Innocent Victim. Mm-hmm. You know, the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. A mirror. Ask your girl what my dick tastes like. A mirror. <laughs> it's one of their lyrics. I've, I feel like I've brought that up before. Maybe not. Maybe. I bring that up a lot. <laughs> really? That and, because uh, he has a lot of lyrics about sucking dick. It's, I want to, I ask your girl what my dick tastes like. I want to watch you suck his dick. <laughs> uh, he also says, I'm probably the worst fuck you've ever had. Like, cool. I don't understand. His, like, level of self-deprecating is insane. Huh. Amir is a crazy band. If y'all aren't familiar with them, don't <laughs> check them out. But it, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to check them out. But uh, if you want to get a good laugh, look up the I Want to Watch You Suck His Dick compilation. <laughs> and there's a lot of people covering that song, but somebody edited it to where it's just them doing that line. So you just <laughs> see a bunch of guys go, I want to watch you <laughs> suck his dick. <laughs> it's crazy oh god on that note randy where can they email us 
Uh, yeah, send us uh, an email at thevinylfloratl <laughs> at gmail.com. Send us all your, uh, uh, no, never mind. That was going to sound way worse than I meant. Send us all your dick sucking comps. <laughs> uh, all your, all your uh, Amir cover comps. Email us. And you can find us on Instagram at the Vinyl Floor Podcast. We are only on Instagram. Uh, you can check me out. Uh, got a bunch of shows coming up with Clot in and around the Southeast. So if you're around that area, check it out. Randy's still doing demos with opinions and going to start writing post-punk because we're going to start a new band. Hopefully. Uh, and any any other updates you got? Uh, no, nothing really. Uh, I, I know we're a little short today. So yeah. um, I don't know if you listened to the most recent uh, podcast of the other podcast that I do, but I we talked yet, about no. the new Neil Breen film. You're a oh, Neil Breen fan, right? did you see right? it? I didn't. I thought it had already played the plaza, but it's coming. It's when? at least playing again. When, 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 when? Next Saturday, the 16th. Oh, Randy, at 7 p.m. fucking going. I, admittedly, I'm guessing that I will not enjoy it. You haven't but seen a Breen film. I haven't seen any, and I'm I'm willing to go if you want to go. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Yes, I saw his last one at the Plaza. Yeah, I saw that you rated it uh, five stars. So. <laughs> I had an absolute blast. Should be fun. Okay, so Cade, right? Tortured Crossing or something like Correct, that. Correct. Yeah. <sighs> And semi-music related, I've been they're waiting. playing uh, Phantom of the Paradise soon, too. Oh, I know. I want to see that. I'm very excited uh, for, I haven't yeah. seen that in a minute. Um, and Man. Stop Making Sense is coming to theaters this month. Uh, yeah, that uh, that shows on their calendar, but it doesn't have, like, a date yet. Yeah. Uh, I know it's, there's, like, some advanced screenings of it somewhere. Um, I'm keeping an eye out for that. But I've been looking for Cade. I missed that that was coming to the plaza, so fuck yeah, yes. Yeah, maybe I saw that. It was coming, but I could have sworn that it did play already. It may have, but, but I missed yeah. that entirely. Hell, it's a big <laughs> day for me. If y'all don't know Neil Breen, uh, I saw Twisted Pear in theaters, but he's most known for fucking fate. What is it? Fateful Findings? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's the All name. All his movie posters look like uh, the same. Yeah, Fateful yeah. Findings from 2013. Uh, no more books. There's a lot of amazing quotes from it. Uh, <laughs> I cannot believe you would commit suicide. How could you commit suicide? Uh, are you a fan? Yeah, we haven't really discussed this. Yeah, this is a little aside, I guess, a little fireside chat. Yeah. Uh, are you a fan of bad movies? Not really, no. no. I know we saw uh, Greg. Sistero's movie yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, Um, I've never been a big that fan. That was boring, though. It was kind of boring. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I would say that that is, like, pretty competently made compared to The Room. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it look, looked good. Uh, but do you enjoy The Room? Do you get enjoyment out of it? I don't. Oh! I don't... Did I know this? Uh, maybe. I probably had the same reaction. Yeah. I don't know. I... Huh. It's, I don't know. It's something weird. Troll maybe to like, the room, bird demic. Like it's nothing. mean or something. I mean, really? Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. I, for some reason, I don't, I don't pick up on the, uh, I don't know. On, on, it's not what's, your wavelength. on what's good about it. Yeah. It's just not my thing. Oh, I love a crash and burn, Randy. 
there there's few things I love as much as like an expertly made like dumpster fire. Sure. Like the room, like Neil and like Neil Breen to my understanding, like he doesn't, he does not accept. I have a, not, not really a bone to pick, but to me, that sounds like an oxymoron, a, uh, Whatever you just said. Excellently a, made dumpster fire. Yeah. I'm like, well, if it's it a is. dumpster fire, then is it, it's bad, right? And then if you're laughing at it and getting it <laughs> enjoyment, you can get out enjoyment out of stuff. But I don't know. Part of the whole thing feels like the room kind of started as like sort of calloused or like mean. And then Tommy Wiseau just like owned it. And yeah. And like he kind did. of like. And. But like, I don't know, there, there feels like a disconnect there. Like, it still feels like mean for some reason to me, sort of. I mean, at the end of the day, it is mean. And maybe I'm just a mean person. But <laughs> uh, Tommy embraced it. Neil Breen does not. Yeah, yeah. He believes that what he is making is good. <laughs> Tommy also doesn't, he knows that it's a joke, but he doesn't say it's a bad movie either. Yeah. And I'm going to push with this argument of if it's bringing, if it found an audience and it's bringing people joy, therefore it's not a bad movie. Sure. It may not be professionally made or well, like after seeing The Room and the first time I saw it, it broke my brain. Uh, but since then I've seen way worse shit and like the room feels way more competent in comparison, especially in the landscape that we're in now with YouTube and everything, like anybody can make something. So they do. And I, I watch some of it and it's really bad. Tubi (laughs) is full of amateur films. And like, I think the meanness is definitely there, and I think there's an argument to be made for that. And you can watch that, what, best worst movie documentary yeah. about Troll 2 that gets into some of that, I guess. But I'm, I, I think it's, if there, it's, there's a line of whether it's just like, I don't know, communally you enjoy this thing or yeah. you're like bullying. Sure. Type that makes deal. sense. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also such a um like a late night type of thing too. And yeah. being a person that didn't drink until like four years ago. That's fair. And like I you throw me in I, I've never gone to a room screening, but like imagining gotcha. sober me going into a room screening where they're like, you know, people are having fun, drinking, throwing <laughs> spoons and stuff, I'd yeah. be it would be it's just not my scene. That's sort fair. Of, yeah. yeah, I did. My first experience with the room was at the plaza in college. Yeah. Drunk. Uh, so that, that yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think I was drunk for the Twisted Pear screening, but who fucking knows? I'm uh, going to get drunk for Cade. Yeah, now you'll get drunk for Cade. <laughs> uh, my, Randy, you haven't seen a brain for me. <laughs> no. I'm going to have to watch Twisted Pair because this is a, uh, a sequel. Don't, no, do not. Do okay. not. Go in blind. You need <laughs> go go in blind. It's probably, honestly, yeah, better. I can't imagine watching Twisted Pair at home by myself Yeah, and getting anything out of it. I don't think I would watch it with you, so you would be watching it alone. 
Yeah. It is one, like, if I'm going to watch a Neil Breen movie, it's with a group or in a theater setting. Yeah. Um, that's not something you watch by yourself. <laughs> no. I don't think you would have a particularly good time. Um, thank you for letting me know. We will report yeah. back uh, after, if we're able to see this film, uh, capital F, TM, yeah. film. Uh Wow, I'm excited. I haven't been excited for a movie like this in a long time, since Yoga nice. Hosers. Yeah, I just saw that uh, on the calendar, like, 45 minutes before you came here. I was like, I'm going to need to bookmark this and uh, bring it up on the show. <sighs> yeah, good bookmark. That is uh, supremely up my alley. Uh, yeah, I'm going to look into getting tickets to that. Unless it's Hell like yeah. a 70 millimeter screening that they're charging $45 <laughs> to go see. I don't know what theater it's in. Hopefully it's in the big theater. LaFont. That would be nice. Yeah. Poor guy just passed. Did oh, yeah, that? I did see yeah. that. R.I.P. to one of the, I guess, uh, saviors of the plaza yeah. from back in the 80s. I believe he owned it from the 80s to like 2006. Yeah. Do not recall his first name, but his last name is LaFont. And he passed this week in Atlanta. So, R.I.P. Oh, yeah. This isn't a movie podcast, but we like movies. So It's true. There is that. Got anything else, Randy? No, I think that's it. I think that's all I got, too. Appreciate y'all as always, and we will talk to you next week.